You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Speak your mind at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Alan Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Alright, we say we do this. We start a new week on a Monday, 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 all in the van. The Eddie Scazzeri, what is up? And across from me is an empty chair once again as Al is uh, on his way back from Indiana. We will see him on Wednesday. We will get to the putrid finish for the Mets yesterday. The uh, Really just a solid one for the Yankees and a terrific weekend as they take two of three from the Rangers. Uh, got some interesting news on Aaron Judge. We'll get to all that in just a moment. But quickly, I will tell you, if you turn the radio on or the TV on, uh, coming up around 625 and I get to do my segment with Boomer and Geo, you will see that uh, along with the stitches, I now have two black eyes. Uh, so it's normal. <laughs> I woke up with it on Saturday. Everything's good. But it looks horrendous, and I know Boomer said on uh, Friday that it looked like I got into a fight, or I guess it was yeah, I guess it was Friday. Uh, no, now it looks like I got into a fight and lost. So a couple of black guys, but we are here and ready to rock. And uh, let's start with the Mets because misery loves company, and we're the company that we will give the Mets this morning because yesterday was one of those days where, you know, through the first six or seven innings, you were feeling pretty good that they, holy crap, might actually win a series for the first time since they beat the Phillies Back in early June, and I mean early June, like June 1st or 2nd, whatever that was. And everything was just kind of humming along. And, you know, Brett Beatty, a couple of base hits. Pete Alonzo, a couple of base hits, including a home run. Now, the one guy here, as we are going to move forward with this uh, Met conversation, and by the way, four calls, four calls coming up at 525, as always when Al's not here, and then Flegelman will join me in the final segment. The one guy that kind of skates free in all this yesterday is, I'm not going to mention the relievers. How about Carlos Carrasco? You know, it's one thing to say you went six innings, you gave up two runs, and you did relatively well. It's one thing to say you went only five innings, but only gave up a run and did okay. But to come out of that game yesterday and say four innings, two runs, not bad, pitch count up near 80, not acceptable, not good enough. You want to only give them four innings? How about you don't give up any runs? Not asking for a hell of a lot. You want to give up two runs? Maybe you go seven or eight innings. And it just continues to tax the bullpen. And I just kind of feel like watching that game, when you're watching the pitch count go up and up and struggle to throw strikes, you're thinking, here we go again. They're going to have to trot out three, four, five relievers to get through this game. And while... I thought they would, especially with a three-run lead in the eighth. Never thought it would happen the way it happened. There was concern that you don't get the length from your starter again. 
You know, and I don't mean again because Verlander, excuse me, uh, Scherzer has done it. But this is a recurring theme with Carrasco. If you want to limit his pitches, I get it. But you got to be a little more economical, a little bit. So he's the guy that I'm not putting blame on this loss, but does deserve some. Now we get to the eighth inning. Mets take the 6-3 lead into the eighth. And you're thinking, all right, first things first. Who the hell is Josh Walker? That's number one. All right, he's a lefty, comes in, he got to face Bryce Harper to start the inning. And of course, he walks him on five pitches. All right, you know what? Not the worst result in the world. So be it, you walk Walker. Okay. Then Real Muto immediately throws the ball, but Real Muto, a sharp single to left. Now you're starting to think, eh, tying run to the plate. Only to walk the next guy, whoever that was, I don't remember. And now you're sitting there, bases loaded, nobody out. You're still up three runs. And you make the move. Now, I'm not going to lie. My first, I didn't know who they were going to go to. Obviously, they showed Brigham who kind of got up and was getting loose. And you're thinking, all right, fair enough. Here would be my criticism of Buck Walter, if anything, uh, from yesterday. A lot of people want to kill him for the use or, excuse me, non-use of Ottavino and uh, what's his name? David Robertson. Now, Buck made it pretty clear. He was never going to Adovino at all yesterday, even though he said he was available. Buck wasn't doing it. In his mind, checked off the list. Okay, fair enough. I understand that. But you still have Robertson sitting there. Here would be my question. If Edwin Diaz was on this team, does he not go to Diaz in the eighth inning after the first two guys get on? And I only bring that up because this is what Buck did last year. So then my next question would be, how much confidence do you have in Robertson? And I understand what he was trying to do. I do. You know, you bring Brigham in, and the first thing you get is the ground ball. That should have been two outs. It should have been. I mean, it's a it's a bing-bang play. The ball is to his left. You catch it, you throw it, you turn the two, you give up the one run for the two outs. And instead, and, I, and you know, it's funny. I don't know if it was Ron. I think it was Ron Darling that made, that made the point or raised the question. Did he not throw the ball because McNeil wasn't at the bag or did not have a grip on the ball? And I don't know that I ever really saw a good replay to answer that question. Either way, it's got to be two. It has to be. And if you're not going to get two, you got to get the one at the very least to slow down some momentum that the Phillies had. You don't get it. Now you're sitting there. You still have the bases loaded. They don't get the challenge. And it's a now it's a two-run game. And then you get the walk to Marsh. I mean, the whole thing was just nuts. So now at this point, I guess you could get Robertson up, but then you get the terrific at-bat, or excuse me, you get the terrific, yeah, I guess the at-bat that Clemens had in terms of Brigham striking him out. Then he goes two strikes on the next batter. So you also have a lot of criticism of where's Robertson. Well, again, I'm going to raise the question about the way they used Diaz last year. Why not try him in that spot? All right, they don't do that. Well, after you strike out Clemens and you go two strikes on, I guess it was Schwarber, you're thinking, man, this kid's going to get out of this. And even Gary on TV sounded as if, man, weird inning, but look at the job Brigham's doing all of a sudden. He walks the one guy. Now, all of a sudden, he's throwing strikes. He goes up two strikes on Schwarber, and then all of a sudden, they hit by batter. And the momentum changes like that. So now here you are. You're Buck Showalter. You've got, I don't know. 25 seconds to make a decision. Robertson's not ready. You had some momentum from Brigham, and then he hits Trey Turner. And just like that, there's your ball game. I mean, it's fascinating how fat, you know, you're watching it and you're seeing it happen in slow motion on one hand, and on the other hand, it happens so damn fast with the error mixed in. I don't even know what you make of it other than your bullpen right now is not very good. I mean, that's it.
the guys that they have on this team to come in and close out games, and I mean, once again, when Carlos Carrasco gives you a great four innings, woohoo! you got to get through five innings to win these games out of your bullpen. And it's just they're overused. And, oh, by the way, not great to begin with. You're asking a lot. You're really asking a lot. So I don't know where the blame falls. I don't know if it's on Steve Cohen, if it's on Billy Epler, if it's on Buck Showalter. Is it the fact that these pitchers just stink? Because not acceptable. Yesterday's loss is not acceptable on any level. It's just not. You know, when you haven't won a series in a month or almost a month, you can't let that one get away. Not when you've got guys doing what they need to do to get you where you need to be. And I'm specifically talking about Pete Alonzo, who gets hit again, oh, by the way, in the ninth inning. It's just, it's mind-numbing watching these games. And the Mets just have a feel of a team that's never going to get out of this this mess they're in. It's like, it's like a movie on repeat. Lose two out of three. Lose two out of three. Lose two out of three. You know who loses two out of three consistently? Bad teams. Not even average teams. Bad teams keep losing two out of three to whoever they're playing. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Pirates or the White Sox or the Yankees or the A's or the Phillies or the Braves. It doesn't matter. Lose two out of three. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And so for this team, and Buck's not wrong when he says at the end, you got to go out and just let's go. Play Milwaukee tomorrow night, meaning tonight. Got to go out there and beat the Brewers. All right, well, show me the evidence that you're going to beat the Brewers and that you can win a series. Because right now, I have zero confidence that this team can close out a game. Just a mess. Just an absolute mess. And it's unfortunate, too, because they had this game. I think, what did Gary say? It was in the pocket. And then all of a sudden, there was a hole in the pocket, and it just slipped right away. And then even the – I mean, I know he did the job. He comes in, gets a strikeout and a flyout, as I think it was Harper that ended the inning, so they they batted around. But even bringing in the toll – I mean, you think about – Let's go back to the beginning of spring training. And if I would have told you in what is not a crucial game, but I I think an important game yesterday, I really do. I think for confidence for the team, a little bit of confidence for the fan base, just something to feel good about yourselves going forward. I thought an important game yesterday to come out of there with a series win. And if I would have told you back in early March that you were going to have Walker, Brigham, and Natoli trying to get you through an important eighth inning in Philly? Who? That's what you're left with. That's what you're left with. Josh Walker, Jeff Brigham, and I guess it's Vinny Natoli. Wow. That's where the Mets are. Now, you want to go glass half full? Well, you got out of, you know, and you got uh, Robertson for tonight because <laughs> they didn't pitch yesterday. I guess that's the positive because I can't find too many other than, you know, and it's another thing with Beatty too. He has a couple of hits, has a decent offensive day, and then makes the – and give him credit. He took 
all the responsibility on his shoulders. So that's a play I have to make 10 out of 10 times. Not 9 out of 10, not 9.5 out of 10, 10 out of 10, you got to make that play. He doesn't make the play. Now, I don't know how the inning goes thereafter if they get the two or even the one, but I do know that getting none was just brutal, absolutely brutal in that spot. And you just felt the wave of momentum building and building and building as the pitchers couldn't throw strikes and they were hitting guys and moving around the bases. So just an inexcusable, unacceptable loss for the Mets. Uh, I am not one. I just don't think they're they're not well built. It's just not a good team right now. We know the loss of Edwin Diaz has been important. We totally get that. The rest of the bullpen's brutal. It's just not good. And anybody that thinks they are, you're kidding yourself. And the starting pitching, you know, Scherzer's been better for sure. There's no question about it. But the starting pitching's not good. I mean, probably David Peterson's probably going to pitch again Tuesday. Now, I do know Quintana pitched a rehab game on four innings. They're trying to build him up to 80 pitches so he can come up and finally make his Mets debut. So help is on the way at some point. But 79 pitches over four innings for Carlos Carrasco. Ugh. Not good enough. Now, you can make the same case for Garrett Cole, I suppose. Here's the difference with Garrett Cole. His track record is outstanding. And he's allowed a game like yesterday where he goes four and two-thirds, really labored to throw strikes, had had some at-bats, had some uh, battles with the at-bats with some of the uh, the Rangers uh, 107 pitches over four and two-thirds, not good enough, but he fights, and he comes out of that game losing, yes, but gave the team a chance, and then in the eighth inning, you see what they do. Volpe with a big hit, and Bader, and then Stanton tacks on. Um, the Yankee bullpen did the job yesterday against a very good Rangers team. Make no mistake, I said this to you guys on Friday, I thought this was a big weekend for the Yankees from the standpoint of taking on a team that scores a million runs. And in the one Rangers win, they scored a million runs. Yankees shut them down pretty good, though, in the other two that they won. And they come away with the series victory, again, against a team that I think is the highest-scoring team in Major League Baseball this year. And I thought the Yankees did a really good job uh, coming away with the two. And, you know, it goes to show as well, the Yankees aren't whole yet, and we know that. I made the point to Gio, I think it was last Tuesday, where I saw the report from Meredith Morakovitz where said the Yankees are hopeful that Aaron Judge returns this season. Not in a week, not in a month, this season. And my eye was raised because it seemed like, did she just mention hopeful for the season? So we didn't make too much of it, but then you get the report and you hear from Judge over the weekend, the torn ligaments, they're hopeful that he's back this season. So here's what we learned this weekend. The Yankees are going to have to win a lot of games without Aaron Judge because it doesn't sound like he is anywhere near returning to this team. Maybe, maybe August, September, maybe October. I don't know. But here's what we learned. It sounds like July is out. He is in, I don't want to say he's in a lot of pain, but he's dealing with an injury that, as he said, he's having trouble pushing off. And so running is an issue. I'm sure hitting the way he needs to hit is an issue, and he needs to heal. So, Series like this, where you take two out of three against a good team without judge, is critical. And it goes to show, too, you know, Harrison Bader was a spark plug yesterday. They missed him as well, which we knew. But having him back makes them a little more whole. And in terms of the Yankee pitching, Carlos Rodon with another uh, rehab start for Somerset. He went four shutout innings. So like the Mets with Quintana, the Yankees with Rodon, hopefully getting some help along the way with their starting pitching. And the story couldn't be more different. 
between these two teams. The Mets have fallen now seven games, seven games under 500, whereas the Yankees move, I think it's eight games over 500 and, you know, remain in that playoff positioning. And, you know, it's funny. You don't even feel like they've gotten hot yet this year. They've done well treading water, as we've talked about, with Judge out. If they can keep that up, you know, they go to Oakland now. So I actually watched a, I saw a thing on the Rays. The Rays have had a great season, which we know so far to date. They've been wonderful. You know the Rays, as good as they've been, I believe through Oakland, and there's one other bad team that they've played. I think it's Kansas City. I think they're 4-4 four and four against Oakland and Kansas City. Well, if you're the Yankees, don't stub your toe this weekend or this week against the A's. Go out and win those games. You know, these are, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities against really lousy baseball clubs. And yes, the A's at one point had an eight-game winning streak. But if you take that away, they have been historically just lousy. I mean, they're a bad baseball team from the word go. So go take care of business. Keep the winning going. Win games without judge. And you'll start to have a little bit of a different feeling about the Yankees. And then Rodon comes back. And the bullpen, excuse me, now the starting rotation starts to look a little bit better. Yeah, they got to get guys figured out. Yes, they need Cortez back. They need him back healthy and being the pitcher he was last year. Yes, you need better out of Herman. All sorts of questions still need to be answered, but Rodon can answer one if he can get back here sooner or get here sooner rather than later. And the same for Quintana and the Mets, who really could use him because the starting pitching has been a problem, as we know. And perhaps for both teams, help is on the way in line of the starting pitching. All right, four calls coming up. 877-337-6666. We do this when Al is out. The middle part of the hour is you, but only four calls. 877-337-6666. Flegelman will join me in the final segment as well. And then we've got Boomer and Geo coming up at 6 right here on The Fan.